right. Good morning, church. How you guys doing today? Yeah, I'm always so excited on Sunday morning. I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what God's going to do today. You know, I know we all believe that we're here by appointment. You, you guys agree with that? Amen. God invited you today. He's in his house. So let's stand on up. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to do the song we did last week. If you guys were here, it's called My Lighthouse. You guys feel free to clap your hands, make some noise, sing along with us. In my wrestling and in my doubts, in my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Oh, oh. You are the peace in my troubled sea. In the silence, you won't let go. In my questions, the truth will. Your love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Let's go.
God's praise. Woo. Welcome God in this house right now. We let our praise be your welcome, Lord. Let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be a sign. We are here for you. We are here for you. And let your breath come from heaven. Fill our hearts with your life. We are here for you. And we are here for you. Hearts are open.
Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. Uh, this, uh, this, this is our last week of our series, and, and God, uh, just you've been just ministering to so many people during this time. And so today, as we wrap up this series, let us uh, just, just connect to you in a way that we never have. As our children head off to our Shoreline Sunday School ministry, God, just, just be with them. Send your Holy Spirit on them and upon the teachers that they will connect to you. And so as the Scripture says, as we, we teach a child that they will not depart from it. And for the rest of us here today, God, just draw us closer together and closer to you as we receive what you have for us. In Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen. As our children are heading out, um, we do have one announcement. I want you to make sure that you check about Sunday school registration and safety. Um, there's a lot anymore about safety, and so um, we want to make sure that we're asking parents to complete the registration form, and there's some other information about that there So on, in the insert today. So please make sure you do that. Also, um, we want to make sure that children are either in class or with their parents, and special arrangements are made. Um, by the teacher to pick them up and stuff in advance so that we know that. We wanna, the main thing, it's sad that we have to do this in this world, but we have to make sure our children are safe, right? Okay. Good morning. How are you doing? You having a good week? All right. I am too because I, thanks to Wayne, Melissa and I went to the WVU Maryland game yesterday in the last second kick. My Mountaineers won, so I'm excited. But if Maryland had won, I guess that would be my state team, so it was like a win-win situation, so it doesn't matter. But anyway, it's good to see you here today. Um, it stinks because I think it got in the 40s last night, didn't it? Well, I like summer. I'm sorry. So um, welcome. If you're visiting with us today, welcome. We're glad that you're here at Haven Community Church. Um, hopefully you received from one of our greeters a card. We'd love for you to fill that out. If you didn't... Uh, get a chance to fully fill that out, and you have it, fill it out, go ahead and drop it in the, um, in the offering basket if you have time to do that right now, or make sure you give it to someone. I know we have um, a small gift for you um, right out here, right? If you're, if you're visiting for the first time, fill it out, bring that card there, and then we'll go ahead, and we have a small gift for you. Um, one, a couple other real important timely announcements. Next week, we have the Parish Foundation, correct? And then um, at, um, at 6.30, right here, we will have um, God is Not Dead movie. Anything special we need to say about that, Marsha? Okay, it's free. Bring a friend. Um, two things that I know everybody loves, free and friends. So go ahead and bring those bring, uh, and enjoy that. I did get a chance to also preview it. It's, it's a good movie. It really is good. Um, and our church picnic is the following week. So come, be ready to go to Perryville Park, and then we'll go eat there. As I said last week, this place always has um, a lot of food from the beginning. And you can say we're going to have um, lots of different things there, uh, eating contest, um, which I will step out of. So not how much you can eat, but you get to... What is it? Cooking contest? Baking contest, but the guys who are the judges are going to be the eating contest, I think. So that would be cool. We could have an eating contest, though. Um, you can see information about the women's Bible study, and also Judy needs to know. Um, you, still, you got them all full? So we're full for the Pregnancy Center, um, and those things are good. And Fall Fest um, is the 20th, so that's this week. Uh, and you can see the information there in Elkton Fall Fest from 8.30 to 6. Anything else we need to say specifically about that? Are we good? Cool. Come on out and have a good time. All right. Well, again, we do welcome you here. What I'd like you to do right now is just stand and greet one another. Just greet those around you, and then we'll go into our prayer time.
Hey. I didn't know that. As we go this time, so you can, uh, you can go ahead and be seated um, real quickly. It's always good to get a chance to just connect to people. We have um, a couple prayers. Trish Moore has asked for a prayer for her this week. Um, for a lot of things that just seem to be um, kind of going all over the place. And also pray for her son, James. Um, we have a prayer uh, for Victoria Kinsley, Deno Mitchell for healing prayers. Um, uh, Ginny has lifted up a prayer for Will Ford. And also for Trudy Bennett, who's going to have knee surgery this Thursday. Um, Joe Fleming is asking for prayers for his classmate, Jeannie, who needs prayer for several issues. And we want to keep everyone else in our prayers as well. If you have a prayer request and you want to make sure that that gets to uh, Debbie, our prayer coordinator, um, please go ahead and fill those out. They're underneath the, uh, the um, sconces in the back. And you can also do that online if you're watching online today. For our church online, please go ahead and, and click on that, fill it, and it'll go right to Debbie, and we'll make sure we get that out on the prayer concerns. All right? Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you now, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit in our lives. We thank you that you love us throughout every ounce of our lives, from the point that we were put together to the point where we are here today. And so, God, we know that many of us have issues, many of us have concerns. Um, many of us, life just seems to be very hectic. Others need just a healing. Whatever it may be, Lord, we just pray that you will touch our needs, whether we're sitting right in this room or joining us today for church online. God, we ask that um, whatever that need, whatever that, that area of our lives just needs to hear from you and needs a touch from you, that you go ahead and move in. And so, God, whatever um, direction you call us to, whatever place you put us in, whatever temptation or frustration that we're struggling with, God, we just pray that we can lean on you. And so, Lord, be with us the rest of this time. Bring your, the power of your Holy Spirit into our lives. And God, right now, as we take this time, whether we're online and we're going to go ahead and, and give that way, or whether we're, gonna, we're here and we're giving, whatever way it may be, this is just a way to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done, for all that you've provided as we return a portion through your tithe and our offerings. God, there are so many needs in our community and our world, and Haven's just a small portion of that. God, through the gracious giving of so many others that we are able to meet the needs that we can and so many more. And for that, we give you praise. Multiply and use these gifts to further your kingdom here and around the world. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. All right, so offering time is also a time of worship as well. So, you know, I know that we're kind of passing the offering plate, but, you know, let's all stand up. Just remember that, uh, you know, if we're all here today, you know, it's because we know that we're not that we're not enough. Things around us are not enough. We need God for that. You know, God is enough, more than enough for all of us.
Here I am doing the same things I told myself I'd never do again. Why 
can't I ever quit? I have no self-discipline. With Christ's help, I will be different. He's helping me become who God wants me to be. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Some people get all the breaks, but not me. No matter how hard I try, things never go my way. God is with me and has plans to bless me. He is directing my steps and giving me power to do all He wants me to do. This is going to be my best year ever. Every year I try to change and every year I fail. Forget it. This year I'm not even going to try. This year will be different. I did the right thing today. If I can do it today, I can do it tomorrow. One day at a time, God is changing me. Succeeding at the big things has a lot to do with the little things. Actions matter. Good morning. All right, good. Actions matter. Here we are, our last Sunday of um, Small Things, Big Change. And um, I, gotta, I have to be honest, um, there were some people that... Um, that share with me how this has been one of their favorite series of the year. And I, here's my honesty. Um, I've had this thing in the schedule a billion times and moved it around because I thought it was, quote, a throwaway ser- um, series. But it actually has spoken to me an awful lot as well. So I think it's pretty, pretty incredible that, um, that things that we think are small uh, sermon series, um, God makes a big impact and change with. So I guess God knows what he's doing, right? Um, so that might, if that's all you get, like God knows what he's doing. That's something pretty good to, to get hold of. So, okay, I am glad that everybody's here today, and we are wrapping up this series. So, um, and I think something about this week is really, really special to me when I look at the sermon series, the message series. I think it's just a really important message series. Um, but today's message really uh, stands out to me a lot because we've talked about our thoughts and how our thoughts affect our words, and, um, and now today we're going to talk about how it affects our actions, because, um, which ultimately affects our destiny where we're headed. So um, I, I just really like this one. So one of the things that we look is the challenge that we have is what are the big things when we look at somebody, a lot of times we see somebody who's changed their life. And a lot of times, in, in each of us, when we see somebody who's done something, we're like, my gosh, why couldn't I have done that? What was the big thing that they did in order to change that? If I won the lottery, I would do such and so. Um, if I did this, then I would do that. Or if, if, if I had this, maybe, what is that thing? I don't even know what it is. What is the thing that just makes them be that person? And what we find out is many times it's the small things that brought that person there. This is why our key thought for the series is it's not often the big things. It's so often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everybody wants. And so in the series, week one, we kind of talked about one small thing, one small word that would direct our year and maybe our life. And then primarily this year. In the second part, we talked about the power of our thoughts. And our thoughts are so powerful because what do they do? They influence our words. And then three, our words influence us and create our destiny. And how many of you had it, uh, did the message keep like popping back in your head, back and forth in your head this week when somebody like really ticked you off? Um, Did anybody see the Eagles first half last week? God put me to test right away. 
I had both, two of the main people on my fantasy football team, and they both threw up horrible. I mean, the quarterback threw, what, four, three interceptions all last year? He threw two in the first half. I was about ready to choke the screen. But I held myself because I remember what I preached about, and I said, um, keep going, guys. You can do it. And they did. So I guess that's a new thing God's teaching me. So today I want to talk about the power of our actions, or I'm also going to talk about habit. Power of our habits. Um, and, and if you want to, let me give you one other word to throw in there because you're going to use that synonymously. But disciplines. Um, discipline is not a word that often in life we look at as being joyful. Uh, but it is something that's mer- very important. So before we do, I want to ask a question. How many of you are, consider yourself to be a highly disciplined person? You're very disciplined. Raise your hand. You're, you're very disciplined. Okay? Um, all right, that's good. That's a start. Uh, now, how many of you would say not much? You tend to be a little bit more undisciplined in your life. Okay, good. Um, so to those of you who feel like you're not disciplined, let me, tell, let me have you think of this another way. Okay, so I don't want you to beat yourself up as we're going here. I would say that you really are disciplined. You are. You're very disciplined. You just have some disciplines in consistently doing the wrong things. And so, so we're just disciplined in different ways. So we're going to unpack some of this. For, for, ans- for instance, if, I had, if you asked me that question, I would probably say in some areas I have been disciplined, but by nature, I am a very undisciplined person by nature. Uh, I like to eat too much. I like to eat the wrong things. Um, I, I like video games. I like surfing the web to find out the very end of it. Um, if there's work, like labor's work outside to do, I'd rather have my older son do it. <laughs> okay, so there, or I, I'll, I'll get that tomorrow. I mean, that's, that's been my nature throughout a lot of my life. And in doing so, um, some of you may say, yep, that's me. You're hitting me. That's me. Um, but in other ways, I realized that I was disciplined. I was disciplined with the spirit of sloth. And, and many of us may have that discipline until we make changes in our lives. Because in some of those areas I mentioned to you, I've changed my discipline to somewhere else with small changes that made big, di- uh, small things that have made big differences and big changes in my life. And so I want to give you a simple definition of discipline. And you have that on your bulletin today. Discipline is choosing between what we want now and what we want most. Let me say that again. Discipline is choosing between what we want now, between what we want most in life. So for instance, uh, if you think of this, there are many times that we could say, hey, I want to be healthy. And then somebody throws a large piece of chocolate cake in front of you with ice cream and hot fudge. I got you now. For those of you who don't like chocolate, I'll give you the angel food cake. Yeah, that, that compares. Um, so, or Krispy Kreme donuts that are just warm. You guys wish you were watching online with the rest of them. They're going to the um, kitchen right now. But if I want to be physically healthy, it's in the long run what I want most. I can't compromise what I want most for what I want now. Understand where we're going here? So what I would say is, because many of us are successful in life, I would say that if you look into those areas of success in your life, you'll find out something, that it started with, with disciplines. 
And so, for instance, some of you may say, I have a good marriage. And I would say that there are constant disciplines there. Maybe you eat, you do something like crazy and you eat together. Or you have a conversation more than through a text message or a grunt as you're going from the house to the car. Or maybe you're in a small group together, a Bible study. Or maybe you do something that I think is awesome. You get away at least once a year to reconnect or every couple of months away from the kids, which is an awesome tool for a happy marriage. Or maybe you're successful financially. And I would say that this is how you're successful financially. I would say, did anybody win millions and millions of dollars in the lottery? Okay, good. So I would say that if you are successful financially, here's the key to that. You're living on less than what you make. And you're generous. And you're investing wisely. All those things are disciplines in your life. The opposite is true as well. If you have an area that you're not successful or succeeding in, try to say that five times real fast, that you're very inconsistent in the right disciplines. So, for instance, say you say, you know what, I'm going to start working out. I'm really going to get in shape. I'm going to start working out. So on Monday, you do it. You're ready to go. On Tuesday, you do it. You're great. On Wednesday, you go, ah, my shoulder's hurt a little bit. I'm a little sore. So I'm going to take a rest day today, but tomorrow I'm going to hit it again. And then Thursday, ooh, I thought it was summer. It's cold out there. I think I'll stay in. I'll get it again tomorrow. And then Friday comes, and so you've taken more rest days than you have active days. You started well, but you ended up stopping. Or you say, I'm going to be disciplined in my eating. Monday you do it. Tuesday you do it. Wednesday, you've got momentum going into Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday you're rushed. The kids have to be at that event and this event. So you see it beckoning you from the sideline. The golden arches are saying, come. come. You say, well, it won't hurt just this one day. And then Sunday comes and you're at church, hopefully. And you go and you're saying, okay, well, you know, I need to, we got so much stuff going on and tomorrow's a busy day. I don't feel like cooking. Um, And then you see the little guy smiling with a crown on his head waving, come. Or the girl with the red pigtails. So Burger King and Wendy's is like, come, come. You're like, oh, it's quick. We'll just do it today. And before you know it, every day is like that. We are pressed. So what you start with momentum, you lose because we end up so consistent. And you know, I got to tell you something. This is something that's really, really cool. Guess who else dealt with this? The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul says something to us, and I think it's extremely important as we look at Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25 in the New Living Translation. I'm going I'm to be there, and it's going to be up here. So if you want to follow along, or you, if you have your Bibles, it may be a little bit different version, but that's okay. He says, I don't really understand myself. We could stop there and have a whole message series. I really don't understand myself for what I want, for what I want to do, what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin in me that does it. Now, Paul's not making an excuse and saying, oh, it's a sin, it's not me, the devil made me do it, not that. He's saying, it's my, my original nature. But he says, and I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. 
I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Anybody, is this hitting anybody today? But if I do what I do not want, I am not really the one doing it. It's a sin that's living in me. Again, he's going back. He's not making excuses. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Doesn't it, doesn't it seem like Murphy's Law here? Uh, I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at this war with my mind. Remember we talked about thoughts? The power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. You know what he's saying? He's giving our series right here in the statement that what we begin to think about is what we begin to speak, and it's how we begin to act in our lives. That it starts in the mind, and it starts with where we are. If you look at that, I can relate to that. I really don't understand myself. If you think it's bad for Melissa, you should try to figure out your, myself out. It's, it's a weird place. How many of you believe that you can figure your spouse out a little bit or somebody close to you? Okay. How many figure that you can't figure yourself out? That is harder. I want to do the right thing, but I end up doing wrong. Verse 20 tells us, once again, but if I do what I don't want to do, I'm really not the one doing it. By nature, what he's saying is, I am not a disciplined person. By my physical, sinful nature, I am not a self-disciplined person. By nature, the sin that is within me bends me to what is wrong. It pulls me in. I know there are things in my life, you know there are things in your life that you should not do, that God doesn't want you to be part of because there's nothing good coming from that. But you end up right there and you go, oh, why'd I do this? Why'd that happen? Have you ever felt like verse 24, oh, what a miserable person I am? Who will free me from this life dominated by sin and death? He answers the question and the question is so, the answer is so awesome. The answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. With his help, I can be different. With his help, I can change. Now, I, I share with you that throughout the series that one of, one of my, um, my words and things, one of the things I want to do is a, year, a couple years ago was take better care of myself. And part of that mantra that I put in, I got to tell you, and I've said this before, I hate everything, most things that have to do with working out. I still hate it. I will hate it till the day I die which will be later, hopefully, because I am doing it. But there, it's just, it's laborious at times. I have, there's other things I'd rather spend my time doing, like eating bad food and playing video games, like I said, or just surfing the web, doing other stuff. Or I might even want to fill it with work. And in those areas, I find out that really I'm not a self-disciplined person. But when I started this whole process, when every day I'm looking, there is that battle that is within me, constantly saying, 
uh, you know, you should do this. And I'm thinking, well, it is cold. But, well, uh, you know, I did yesterday. I'm a little bit sore. I have this toe injury. I have that injury. I have this. I, 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 my mind's not in a good frame, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. And when we do that, there's this war that's going on in me based off of what I need to do for my health. And what I find out is that the only thing that gets me through it is a commitment to a discipline. And often I have to use spiritual nature to get my weak body out by saying, you know what, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The strength of God is stronger than my weakness on this stupid treadmill thing. And when I do it, this weird thing that happens, after I've done it that day, I feel great. Until when? The next morning. And the next morning, I am so thrilled when it's done during the week. I still am happy. But what I'm saying is, if that's how I am over physical issues, one of the things we need to learn is that we're that way in our spiritual mind about spiritual things. And so what we need to do in every ounce of our life, my actions are going to reflect what's going on in my mind and the struggle. And so what I need is the Holy Spirit leads me to choose what I wanted most over what I want now. That's discipline. And so what I did is I gave you a discipline audit. Remember we've done some of these audits? And here's what I want to do. I divided it once again into others and self. And I want you to, this is about your actions, your disciplines. So I want you to look at the first thing. When you say that you're going to do something for others, do you don't follow through? Do you always follow through? Or are you somewhere in between depending upon the day and how you feel? Go ahead and mark that up. A lot of times you may promise the world to somebody. But when it comes down to it, you're AWOL because something else comes up. What, but I'd say probably the one that is the lowest is, you, is your self-discipline. You promise yourself something. You promise to treat yourself away. You promise to do something. And many times we fall in the don't follow through with it with ourselves. And so I want you to go ahead and just kind of do that on your own. Some of you have been trying for years to add disciplines to your life. And today is the day that I want you to be free from the, what Paul calls it, sin in his life. So that you can recognize that self-discipline is not the answer, but it's when the spirit takes over that you can be spirit-disciplined. In other words, by the power of Christ, we will choose what we want most over what we want now. So how do we do that? In 1 Corinthians, our verse today, um, 1 Corinthians 9 through 24, there's part of our verses. The Apostle Paul shares something very interesting. And here's what he says here in verses 24 and 25. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but one person gets the prize? And he said this statement that was very uh, key and known to the the church at Corinth at that time. They were racers, and they had what was called to them the Isthmus game. And they were like a pre-Panhellenic Olympian kind of game set. And it's really kind of cool how they would do this. They would train for 10 months. And they would train just completely and were so ready for this run. And they'd run and run. Anybody in here ever run a marathon? No? All right. Me neither. Uh, so, uh, but I've known people who have, it consumes your entire life. It's a step-by-step training. And this is the kind of thing that these people would do. And so he says to them, and this is what they would say to them as well who were running the race, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined. There's our word. 
In their training, they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. He said, all athletes are disciplined and ready to run to win. And so, you notice he says, they're not running in place. And many of us may feel like that's how we're living life, running in place. But we are to run this thing that Christ has called us to win, this thing called life. We're not running for a bronze. We're running for gold. We're running to win. And you see, these athletes were so disciplined that they would go in this training and they would hang out in the gymnasium, which was like a prominent place of architecture and every kind of other thing where people would go. And they had a very strict diet. They were allowed no alcohol whatsoever, allowed no junk food. They were fed only which would build their body. And they would expose themselves to extreme cold and extreme heat so their body would be able to perform in any circumstance of that day. In other words, they were completely insane runners. And here, I want to tell you how, how crazy they were about this. Are you ready for this? I want to let you know, there was no Under Armour or spandex back then. So in order to run the best that they could, they actually took off all their clothes. That leaves an image, doesn't it? And they began to run so that nothing would impede their bodies because they had all loose clothing. Even if you put a little loincloth on, that's worse than everything hanging out, right? Running, running that way, Okay. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that. You can, be, you can rest assured. So, but this Isthmus Games, that's what they did. They stripped completely nude and would run and would run and run and run and run. And that's how they were. They were stripped down completely na- naked. So thank God we don't have people at the YMCA like that anymore. And you, if you want to read about this, Paul also shares the same concept or not Paul, but the writer of Hebrews shows the same concept in Hebrews 12, 1b, where it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Culturally, they knew exactly what was happening. These guys were naked. Because, you know, when you think about it, if you're running with a bunch of guys naked, that would give you a lot of motivation to be in front. <laughs> For me. <laughs> I'd want to be out in the front and gone. You know, I mean, there's the one guy who's saying it's a little bit chilly out here. I'm, you know, but we're not going to talk about that today. We can have fun in church, right? Can't we laugh? Isn't that cool? Uh, so God gave us humor. I mean, he made it all, so yeah, it works. Um, but they were going to run to win And you know what they did it for? They trained for 10 months with diet and everything. They ran naked. We got that one down, right? For the great prize of a wreath of leaves on their head. And people to cheer them. Think about that. Would you run anywhere naked for leaves? But they did. It was a major, major deal. I wouldn't run naked in the Olympics. But they were doing it for something temporary, where Paul says, we're running for something eternal, an eternal glory that far outweighs everything. And he says, how do we do that? Not through self-discipline, but spirit discipline. We are living to stand in the, in the front in the presence of God to bring him glory with everything that we have done. 
in everything that we do. And we don't do this on our own. We do it with the Spirit because, as Paul said, it is only Jesus. It is only Jesus that pulls us through this nature of our sin. And Paul says, so I run with purpose in every step. I want you to say that with me. I run with purpose in every step. Say it again. I run with purpose in every step. How many of you look and look at your life and say, I don't, there's no purpose. I'm just doing this thing. And yet, Paul tells us it's much more than the daily stuff that we get caught up in. We get caught in crowns with leaves rather than crowns of glory. And he says, I'm not fighting against an imaginary enemy. There is an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and rob, and take everything. So with me, I need to be trained by the Holy Spirit's power. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it what it should do. I'm not self-disciplined. I'm spirit-disciplined. The Spirit of God helps me discipline my body. Not to do what I want to do now, but what I want most. That is the discipline that God seeks. And so I run with purpose in every step. I'm choosing what I want most over what I want now. And so, how does that work? You know, it works in several different examples. In one way, it may say, you know what? I'm saying no to this food and yes to a better body. I'm saying no to this financial temptation and I'm saying yes to getting out of debt. I'm saying yes to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I'm raising my children to become a next generation of world changers today so that they'll be that way tomorrow. And you can tell people, I woke up with the glory of God, ready to go. I run with a purpose in every step, and it's not me, it's God moving, living in and through me through the power of His Holy Spirit. I am weak, but He is strong. I want to bring glory to God because Christ dwells in me and He gives me the power to choose what I want most, and that's Him rather than what I want now. Now, before you start to say in your mind, okay, preacher boy, take it easy. You're that little preacher guy over there that you got, this is easier for you. You're a preacher. But you know what? I got to tell you, that same sin that's in you is really big in me. I have my struggles, and I'm not going to share the really good things, but I'll share with you the easy ones. Because God knows the other ones. You don't need to know them. I, I told you, I like junk food. I like to sleep in. When my kids fight, as a good parent, I say, battle it out and tell me who finishes. And if there's any blood, call me. Sometimes. So I, I have been known to say, punch her right in the face if she does that. It's good parenting. <laughs> um, not really, but, but I stop them before it happens, usually. Um, I don't want to, sometimes I just don't want to get up. Sometimes the couch feels really good. Sometimes I'm just naturally, not naturally disciplined. But you know, it's the spirit of Christ that brings the discipline in me. By the power of Christ, I am disciplined to choose what matters most over what matters now. For me, I need to tap into that spiritual power in my life. And when I do, that becomes a tremendous momentum. And a couple months ago, we were talking um, I think it was in the series, The Ghost, when we talked about the Holy Spirit. And one of the things I showed, talked about was this book, The Power of Habit. Um, you guys remember this? We got, I think it's up here. We talked about this book a little bit. And uh, the author in here um, talks about keystone habits. And the keystone habits that he says, these are habits that if they exist in your life, they create other positive momentum and lead to other positive disciplines. 
So if you compromise the most important habits, there's a negative spiral, and then it makes you undisciplined in every other area. So I I just thought I'd share with you one little keystone habit in my life, and that is um, I, I, I told you I like sleep. Isn't sleep a good thing? And when it gets cool at night, you know, I just want somebody to, like, lead me in there. Maybe it's like a flashback to when I was in utero and I'm just, like, hiding in the, in the nice warm area. But anyway, um, part of this living and eating well and, and stuff that I have to do is I have to have so many meals a day. And one of those I have to get up and mix, make this, like, they're called protein waffles. And I know that sounds disgusting and my kids think they are, but I think they're pretty good. I'm fooling myself, I know, but it's good. Um, and so I have to fix it, and it takes some time. So because it takes some time, I have to what? Get up earlier and fix them. The main part is not get up earlier all the time. It's fixing them because I don't want to fix stuff. I want to open up a box of Count Chocolate and pour it out and pour the milk in and eat it. That's easy. That's good. And so... Um, I hate to fix breakfast. I like to eat breakfast. I hate to fix it. So, but what I do, um, I say, okay, I get up, and when I do, I feel disciplined. Now, here's the interesting point. Um, When I get up and eat better, I feel like working out because I've got some momentum. And I said, okay, well, I ate well today, so now, a lot of days when I say, I eat pretty crappily, so I better, uh, this day's a wash, I'll pick up tomorrow. But when I say, I eat well, so I want to make sure I'm, I'm keeping up with it, so then I start working out, and then I eat better, then, I, then guess what? Later that night, I, I sleep better. Um, it's great sleep after you work out. And I wake up earlier, and because I'm earlier, I have more time to study my Bible and start the day, and therefore I'm close to God. And when I'm close to God, then when I'm at work, I'm being led by the Spirit because I did my Bible study. Therefore, I'm highly productive in the day, and the things people say don't matter as much because God reminds me of who I am because I did my Bible study, because I got up early, because I read my Bible, and because I ate my protein waffles. Got me? Okay. And, oh, I almost forgot one thing. When I'm highly productive... I don't have as much work to do at night, so I get to sit there and I actually get to enjoy my family and everybody's happy because I come in in a happy mood. Now, if I don't fix a good breakfast, guess what happens? I run late. I don't eat well the rest of the day. I don't work out, or if I do, I do it halfway. Therefore, I don't sleep well. I don't feel well about myself because I feel like I, I feel guilty that I didn't do it. I wake up later. I don't have time for my Bible study because I'm running out the door, and when I'm working, I'm not in the spirit. I'm in the flesh, and everything somebody says or looks at me makes me want to choke them. Um, therefore, I am grumpy, and I carry that grumpiness throughout the whole day, so I'm driving home too fast, um, grumpy, and when I do, a cop pulls me over, but I don't feel like pulling over, so I take off running. Um, and when, he, when I finally pull over and run, he chases me. I'm on an episode of Cops. He locks me up, takes me with no shirt, because everybody who's arrested on Cops has no shirt on. Um, it's true. Um, and then Melissa has to come bail me out, and then it's the front page of the wig, and then the church, they see that Pastor of Haven Community Church has done this, and therefore the church falls apart, all because I did not make my protein waffles. Now, I may have exaggerated a smidge, but you understand what I mean, right? I can guarantee you the days where I haven't added all those things to my life that I come home a lot grumpier, a lot nastier. I feel worse about myself, and I have not spirit-driven at all in my life. The point is, when God helps me choose what is most over what I want now, it creates a forward spiritual momentum led by the Spirit of God. 
I must discipline my body as an athlete would in order to glorify God in everything. And so what I want to do with the remainder time, I want to share two application questions with you. Question number one, and this is pretty easy. You guys should be able to answer this right now. What do you want most? What do you want most? And again, if you're watching online, um, go ahead and go to our, uh, our um, Facebook app. And we'd love for you to write on there and just tell us what's going on. Um, or anybody else can do that as well. So think about that write it down. Some of you, you want to lose 30 pounds. Some of you want to get married in the future. Some of you want to get your cholesterol down. Some may say, I want to get closer to God. Some may say, I want to get free from pornography because it's wrecking my life and I never can have any intimacy with my spouse because of it. Some say, I want to get out of debt. Whatever it is, just write that down. In the series rundown, you may remember, in week one, we asked for one word that would direct your year. In series two, I thought of one thought, I asked you for one thought that would direct your year. And in week three, one statement. So the question number two is this. So the first one is, what do you want most? Question number two is, what do you need to do now to have what you want most? What do you need to do now to have what you want most? In other words, what is that one discipline you need to add to your life now that would help lead you toward the ultimately what you want the most? What is that one discipline? It may not be too difficult to think about. For others of us, it may be. Because some of us may live so much in the now that we really don't know. For some of you, it may be you want to get in shape. So maybe you want to hire a trainer. I can tell you what my discipline was along with God for the trainer. You put money down. It ain't cheap. And I was like, if I put that money down and don't do anything with it, my wife is going to kill me. Right? And I would have felt like I failed even more. It makes you accountable when you have them. Maybe you need to pick up a Bible study reading plan and get two or three friends to do it with you because one of the things I find out, if you look at Jesus' model of his disciples, disciples, those who are disciplined, he sent none of them out alone. He sent them out in pairs so that they would build one another up. Get yourself a prayer partner. Get yourself somebody. Just grab somebody and say, hey, let's do this study. There's some awesome studies um, out there that are free, and we all like free. Maybe you need to join one of our small groups. Maybe you need to stop hemhauling around and put God first in your finances and begin to tithe. Maybe you need to clean out your pantry and get rid of all those Twinkies. You stored up because you thought the company was closing for good. And now they came back out with Twinkies that are blue inside and I don't have a clue what that's about. You know somebody deep fries Twinkies? Do we really need to deep fry Twinkies? They're good though, man. Twinkies are good things. I hope there's Twinkies in heaven. Anybody else? Um, maybe you need to commit to a date night with your spouse once a week so you can connect or reconnect with them. Maybe you need to share your web access with someone or surf the web only in public places for accountability because you know if you're alone, you're going to look at stuff that's probably not going to help you out. Maybe you need to start praying with your kids every single day and commit them to God and speak with them to God right before bed. And you know where another time's good? Right before they go to school. Because usually I'm yelling at them. When I wrote this, I was like, really, God, are you going to talk to me now? Because most of the time I'm yelling at my kids, would you come on? We have to go. And why not just take that time to pray? I wonder what the, the office would do if you said, sorry, we were praying, we were having Bible study. 
Sorry, you're late still. Um, <laughs> um, maybe you need to begin to look at yourself in the mirror and be honest and take actions to change yourself and take a long, hard look because maybe the problem isn't everybody around you. And I would like to say this. If the problem is everybody around you, then the problem may be really you. That's a tough one, isn't it? Maybe we need to think more about what we're thinking and more about what we're saying and more about what we're doing than what somebody else is or isn't doing. I don't know what it'd be for you, but just say, God, I believe I want, you know what I want most in life, and I need you to help accomplish that. I'm not self-disciplined. I want to be spiritual disciplined. In this series, my, my share, my one word was rest. My thought and my statement were with Christ's help, I will do my best to enter his rest. My one discipline is something that I'm really working on. It's a concept that God put in the Big Ten called Sabbath. Sabbath is a good thing. You know what Sabbath is? Time off to focus on God. And you know, it's amazing when I have set up times, days of Sabbath and rest that I find out how quickly something comes to try to take that. It's not uncommon that you may have these times in your life and something jumps in. Uh, It's not uncommon that last year I would go three to six months without even taking any time off at all for me. So you may say, how can something small like that make such a big change? Think how much better of a husband I can be when I'm rested and loving Melissa out of the overflow of my heart rather than what's left over. Think about how much better of a dad I can be when I'm spending the day with my children or time with my children and investing in them rather than tolerating them. Think about how much better I can hear from God and lead the church and how much more effectively I I can bring God's word when I'm doing it out of his rest rather than doing it from fumes. Because it's the small things, the small things in life that lead to the big things. Rundown of our series as we wind this up. Week one, one word that will direct you all year. And remember what the concept was, do not despise the small beginnings because the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. One small word to direct our year, we're going to think big, but we're going to start small. Week two, our thoughts matter. Our lives will always move in the direction of our thoughts. Therefore, I will take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Remember that? How many of you had some thoughts you had to take obedient and captive to Christ during this time. Week three, our words have the power of life and death. Therefore, we will not let, here comes that verse, we will not let unwholesome talk come out of our mouth, but what is helpful for building up others according to the needs and according to his will. Because we can speak life-changing words or we can speak death-giving words. And week four, we will, by the power of Christ, choose what we want most over what we want now. Why? Because we need to discipline our bodies like an athlete in training. We run with a purpose in every step. Because the sin in us will take its course, but Christ will bring all the more power. Therefore, we ask God's power and spirit to do what we cannot do. And when we follow the spirit, we will be faithful in a few things. And as it says in the scripture, whoever faithful with little things will be trusted with what? Big things. And so, what are the big things in your life? Somebody will one day say to you, what are the big things in your life? How did you get there? What were the big changes you made? You say, I started with small changes in the way I think, in the way I act, in the way I speak, 
in the way I relate to others and in my actions. They'll say, no, it's got to be the big things. You say, no, 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 it's the small things that, everybody, um, that nobody sees that makes them want the big things that everybody does see. Let's pray. Father, help us be faithful in the small things that you can trust us with the big things, Lord. As all of us here today pray, I want you to ask yourself again that what is that discipline? What is that one thing that you want most over the thing that you want now? And that's your homework today, to ask God for that one discipline. It makes no good to hear any of these series, no matter what they are, unless we are willing to implement them in our lives. So if you are in, if you say to yourself, and I'd like you to just please stand where you are right now. If you are in with God and you say, Lord, I want that one discipline in my life. I want to reconnect to you. And I want to be spirit driven. If that's you with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just kind of raise your hand. And say, that's, the, that's what I need. I see, I see a couple of them. That's awesome. And so God, I want to thank you that you reward us when we're faithful in all the small things. And God, I pray that we would faithfully carry this out to tell our spouse if we're married, to talk to our children about our discipline, to talk to people in small groups and in our work and any other places so that your spirit will empower us to move forward in momentum, to conform us into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. And as we're still praying, the Apostle Paul said, the sin in me leads me to do things that I don't want to do. God, we always end up doing the wrong things. Why? Because we have that inherent sinful nature, but that's why you sent your son Jesus, that he died and was raised. He was raised from the dead, that all who call on his name will be saved. And there are those of us who are here that feel like the Apostle Paul that say, I don't understand myself. And that weight of our sin and our, that has been in our lives, we are broken. And the problem is we choose what we want now rather than what we want most. And so in this time, Jesus reminds us when he said, if you want to follow me, if anyone wants to follow me, you must deny yourself and pick up your cross. In other words, die to yourself and follow me. There are those of you who say, say, I no longer want what I want now. I want what I want most. I want to accept you, Lord Jesus. That's why I'm here today. It's time for me to accept that you were raised from the grave and you will never that we will never ever be on our own, but we always have you. And so I'm choosing Jesus over my own desires. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, and Jesus, you are him. And by faith, I will give my life to you. If that's your prayer, then raise your hand again. Thank you, Jesus, for those hands. Thank you for those commitments and those disciplines. And if everybody would pray right now with those around you, there's several around this church and maybe even watching today that are saying, I'm tired of the brokenness in my life and my family. And repeat after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me and make me new. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could follow you all my life. My life is not my own. Today, I give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As we continue during this time, I'm going to ask Debbie and Randy. I'd like you to, Randy, if you'll come down center today. And Donna, I believe you're here too. Please come down. These are some of our... Um,
prayer ministers and um, process with Stephen ministry. We'll talk about that in a bit. But they're here. They're trained. But the main thing is they have a heart to pray with you. It's not just me. It's others. Build one another up. So please come. If you have a prayer for anything, please find somebody here and just pray with them. You don't have that during the week. Let's go ahead before the Lord.
on the prize. His name's Jesus. Keep running that. Keep running to that way. I was kind of. I was kind of sad today when I lo- realized this week that the uh, series was ending because I was just kind of. Uh, I, I enjoy like being in a series, but um, I got really excited because next week we're going to have a new series. Um, I think Melinda's got it up here. It's called Stand, and it's going to be based off of the life of Daniel, who we mentioned the other week. And I'm really excited about that. Daniel is much more than just a lion's den, and there's some awesome experiences with Daniel. So we're going to talk about just standing. Um, and, um, and that's, that's where we're going to head. So I'm excited about that. It works perfect with next week's God is Not Dead. So um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Make sure you connect to somebody. If you, haven't, if you see somebody, a lot of times people are across the aisles. You haven't seen each other or you didn't know and you do know or what have you. Also, Damien, happy birthday. Um, there we go. So let's celebrate. Have an awesome week with Jesus. And, and next week, be ready to take those, um, those small things to make big changes and you can stand. All right? Have a great week. God bless.